Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends. Welcome back to Multicultural TV Talk, a Media Village podcast where we bring you exclusive interviews with talent and creative from across entertainment, discovering their stories and how they're changing the face of stardom across media. As always, I am your host, Juan Ayala. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now let's get to talking. From the critically lauded CBC sketch comedy series soon to premiere on Fuse, we are joined by the creators and stars of Tall Boys. We have Guled Abdi, Vance Bonzo, Frank Wynn, and Tim Blair. Tall Boys are here, Gentlemen, welcome to the show. How are you? Good, good. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) Awesome. So uh, the show Tall Boys is premiering on Fuse on March 23rd, finally hitting U.S. screens. How are we feeling? Excited, nervous, eager? Oh, Oh, man. All three. Uh, (laughs) I'm a little nervous now, too. Now that you mentioned nervous. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm finally starting to feel eager. I was feeling nervous. So uh, how did the show come about? Um, did you guys, uh, I'm assuming you guys have all worked together prior to the inception of Tall Boys, but how did the, the whole creation of the show come about for you all? Uh, we were friends. We knew each other throughout performing stand-up comedy in the Toronto comedy scene. And uh, we decided one year to join up together and enter Toronto Sketch Fest, which is a big sketch festival they put on every year in the city. Uh, and there we met some producers, uh, or Gula had met some producers at, at the end of the show, uh, and forgot to get their information, but they were <laughs> excited, uh, to meet us and we were able to track us down and, uh, it kind of spiled from there, I guess. And, and I don't uh, feel bad about not getting the information because they found us. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a post because we were at the Toronto Sketch Fest and it was the post show and the, uh, the producer from Accent, Caitlin, it was Caitlin Brown, right? Yeah. She came up to us and she's like, have you ever thought about doing TV? And Gulad's like, yes, yes, I have. And then we just <laughs> did it. We didn't follow up for like seven yeah. months. Yeah. She only asked me one question. I answered that one question. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, I did my job. I was like, hands clean. Let's move. <laughs> and, uh, you know, over the three seasons of the show that you guys have done so far, you guys have done like dozens and dozens of sketches at this point. Um, are there any standout sketches for each of you or recurring characters that if you haven't been able to bring them back that you would want to bring back? I'd say uh, PSA from first season, second Mm -hmm. episode is probably my all-time favorite sketch. So look forward to watching that one. That one's really good. Also our first sketch, the first sketch we ever did uh, live uh, in front of a a stand-up audience. We did uh, an open mic, which was also a variety show. And we were in between a bunch of stand-up comics doing their sets. We did our... PSA sketch for the first time to, uh, you know, uh, an open mic crowd, which can be harsh, but they loved it. And we're like, okay, I think in front of an actual audience, this will be, this will be great. You know, <laughs> I, I think I'm looking forward to, uh, but you see, especially in this, in the first season, I think his, he's in the second episode. We wrote it as a, uh, Drake Pusha T beef parody between Gulad and an imaginary rapper I play called what you see and then he returns in later seasons and he's always just a, a fun character a, a complicated rapper there's many layers to him it's it's fun to he's explore human yeah yeah <laughs> he, he's bashful he's shy he's abrasive you know i mean what more could you want <laughs> i like uh, the sketch that uh, i like is a uh, children's book revealed i think that one uh, a lot of people have heard of about that one so i'm uh, curious to see how it does in the the u.s and uh, a character that I would like to bring back is, is one of the sketches we did was a, it's like a hostage negotiation that like just kind of goes awry. And uh, I play a character with like a deep voice like this. And uh, uh, that'd be fun to bring back sometime. Cause at one point I was just arguing with, like I was uh, 
I had somebody hostage, but I was like arguing with a a, a phone provider in Canada. So I'd just be like, oh yeah, I want a, <laughs> more data for my my phone plan, and I thought that would be fun to do again. <laughs> and uh, you know, throughout the show, you guys have tackled a number of social issues um, throughout and, and, and approached it with a much lighthearted uh, sense of comedy and sort of bringing truth to that. Um, is there anything that you have not tackled yet that you hope to in the near future? Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's it's also uh, the challenge with a show that like, you know, a season of ours so far is only uh, eight episodes long and every sketch is kind of like two to three minutes. So sometimes it's, I don't know if I would, there's something specific that sticks out, but I think maybe it's really hard to talk about race in even one season, uh, setting because the stories that can come from the theme of race, you know, there's so many things that you can talk about, like diaspora, you can talk about like, uh, you know, like urbanization, you can talk about like, you know, the intersections of class and race, like it's so vast that like, it's very hard to, like we've talked about race, but it's such a vast topic that it's really hard not to, like find something new that has been talked about it because it, it's still just a very it, terminology is just starting to hit the surface and like this discussion about race or and this reckoning with like even you know like even for me in my lifetime in the 90s everyone who would see me they would just be like hey that chinese guy over there i'm vietnamese but like now it's like the first like only in the last seven years people have been starting referring to me as like asian and so this is like a very new thing hmm. and and but you know race has been around for so long so very challenging to tackle one specific thing but i think every time we go into the room we're always finding something that is relevant to us in that moment uh that we're feeling strongly about and a lot of times that is it, yeah i, I yeah Anyways, <laughs> next person. <laughs> uh, for me, I want to tackle the topic of walking. It's overrated. We need compared to all the sidewalks yeah. uh, to get to places. <laughs> and uh, Vance, what about you? Oh, uh, boy, I don't know how to, uh, to be serious or tell a joke now. I want to talk about how Tim's, Tim's not a good guy. He's, he's, a, he's a bad human, and we got to let people know. Oh, I'm bad at being human. There's a difference. <laughs> and Tim, what about you? Man? Uh, I, I've been thinking about this recently. I've been wondering if there's a divide between, you know, rats that are in labs and do science and rats from the sewers. So I, I, I want to write a sketch that tackles that. I feel like there's, you know, one rat, you know, brings society up to the, you know, finds us breakthroughs and the other rats are, are, or lab rats. Oh. Um, yep. Anyway, <laughs> that was perfect. I was gonna say, yeah. I was like, the lab rats seem like that's not the best gig. Like the rat living suit, you're free, you know. <laughs> yeah. With the show premiering on Fuse later this month, uh, you guys will get a much wider audience um, eyes on the show. So, what are you most looking forward to uh, for folks to see? I, I'm, I'm excited for people to see just like because like we've we've had three seasons right now, uh, and we know we have fans, uh, but it always feels like sometimes like who's watching our show and we'll get we'll get notifications that people will like the show but i'll be excited to see now a new influx of people uh getting access to the show who have been we'll see comments on tiktok being like how do i watch this in the mm -hmm. states or how to watch this here so i'm not excited for those people to actually be able to see our sketches as opposed to just a sketch here and there and snippets from stuff 
but I'm really, really excited for them to see Butcher C. Uh, that's that's our crowning achievement from season one. Uh, uh, that and PSA. Yeah, I, I'm similar similar with Goulet. Sometimes it is like it, I, I'm just curious because uh, it's very exciting to be on a network like Fuse. That kind of feels like a really great fit. So it's like you you have an audience that's coming in. It's like a restaurant where it's like, okay, I like this type of food. This is very like flavorful food. Where sometimes it felt like we were at like at the end of the uh, like an all bread buffet, <laughs> where it's like, okay, like. You know, this is very specific and catered. So uh, I'm very uh, excited and curious to see what the reaction is from an audience that like is tuning in specifically for our style of humor. I don't know if there's like anywhere, any show in the States that kind of like has a similar makeup to ours, you know, which is like an accurate representation of like what friend groups look like in this day right. and age. So I'm excited for people to, to see that on television screen. Yeah, just thinking of what we have in today's that there's definitely not. Uh, yeah. you know, there's, there's shows where yeah, the, the, the way that, uh, you know, a lot of the, the media in, in the States is tackled, and I'm sure it's the same in Canada and everywhere else, but it's either like it's an all, like a full cast that is one particular uh, ethnicity, race, or nationality, or sort of sprinkled throughout. I don't want to name names in alphabetical order. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> There's no preference. You know? And uh, Tim, what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm really just excited to see. I, I, I'm all about, I love doing experiments. I'm excited to see the reactions of especially uh, sketches that touch on certain like um, communities that are close to us. Like I have a sketch first season, Tim's Jamaican. It was really fun to see a bunch of uh, Canadian Jamaican people respond to that. I'm ex I'm curious to see if the American Jamaican experience is any different, how they relate um, and I'll tally it and, and test it on some rats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sewer rats, right? Is it, or yeah, the yeah. Those are the ones I trust. <laughs> yeah. It's a conversation about class. Yeah, yeah, it really yeah, is. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how the u.s audiences react um because you know so much of what you guys tackle is just universal it's going to be really interesting to see how um what is sort of like imported from different audiences and what relates across the board yeah a hundred percent especially i think as canadians we're always so influenced by american culture too that i'm really <laughs> excited to see like what really what really translate and, and what what is you know specific to us north of the border yeah because like uh, that's a really good point tim brought up uh there's times when we're writing sketches where because we live in canada like we are influenced by by living here so that will also be in our sketches and sometimes there is a fear of like will this translate to an audience that is outside of canada will, will some some ideas get lost and maybe some things like when we talk about like student loans there's student loans in america but it's different here in canada in certain ways um and seeing how like yeah how audience respond to it and do we get the seal of approval of these guys seem american <laughs> every canadian's dream black in the past where we have that one sketch season one uh pullover about right. uh, you know and and the cops read the miranda rights which isn't really something you do in canada and i remember people got flack where it's like oh this isn't you're not uh, authentically canadian uh, yeah. reading canada? Is it the, the charter yeah. of rights is it what, what do you read you know on the show 
um, on our podcast, Multicultural TV Talk, we always ask our guests if they can recall an actor or a character or performance that they saw growing up that made them feel seen or represented for the first time. Because that's always a big conversation we have is about representation. So I'll give you guys a second to think and then uh, whoever wants to chime in. I was on uh, I was on this website. It was before Facebook, AsianAvenue.com. There's, I think there's a couple of different versions. Um, and uh, I saw an ad for this movie called Better Luck Tomorrow, uh, directed by Justin Lin. It was like an indie movie, and it was playing at a theater near me, and it like changed my life. And I like after I watched that movie, I was like, wow, like because it was so. Before I had watched that movie, I'd never seen Asian characters represented. They were Asian American characters, and I just never seen it like in my lifetime. And there was like the cast was fully Asian and they were all in high school and I was in high school at the time. And just the way that they talked to each other and they were like doing drugs and like kind of like demystifying and, and just like really breaking any stereotypes that we had of Asian people. Um, it, it just really blew my mind. And the movie was so good um, that like I just remember that the audience was was a buzz as, as everyone was walking out. So. Like that's a movie that that really like really inspired me and changed everything um and like the director was so talented he went on to do the fast and furious movies and like mm -hmm. star trek and but yeah that was the movie that was like so good well for me i have to think I'm back to my days uh <laughs> posting on blackboulevard.com <laughs> there was the, the, what, the, the other one it was black planet I think. Black oh really planet. yeah <laughs> Was Black Panther was... for dating, or was that for also just was that just a regular forum? Asian <laughs> Avenue might have been for uh, was like the LinkedIn, but I was using it for dating. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I first felt seen, uh, I think Donald Glover was big for me. I remember watching uh, Derek comedy on YouTube. My older brother showed it to me, and I like I think he's a big part of the reason I, I wanted to get into comedy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for me, uh, like, I mean, it's so dumb, but like. Uh... <laughs> Captain Phillips, uh, the movie <laughs> and it was only the truly the biggest reason was because the Soma, the, the actor, uh, I think Barkat Abdi, or uh, uh, the guy who played the the pirate, the main pirate, was speaking Somali, and that was huge because in Black Hawk Down, uh, the pre predecessor to, I imagine they're part of the same universe. Um, <laughs> uh, this is you got to watch that to understand captain philip uh yeah this, <laughs> there's some characters that make appearances there um they were speaking gibberish in that one so i remember being like offended that it wasn't even somali i was like oh come on like they're just getting abu -dubu 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 -dubu. i'm like i'm like what is this this is like gibberish you know they're just like making up stuff so seeing someone speak somali on a big screen across tom hanks i was like all right this is this is kind of cool taking strides yeah yeah in advance what about you uh winnipeg comedy festival there was like they put on this uh welcome to turtle island featured all uh indigenous uh comedians i thought that was so cool um remember like having it on the pvr re-watching it on youtube and there's this guy named craig lazan he got to do this um it was all stand-ups and he got to do sketch comedy he was doing solo sketch he did this piece about how he became, uh, he went to art school, he went to become act, an actor, but he wanted, really wanted to keep his dignity. He didn't want to be in all the dances with wolves and stuff. He wanted to, 
And then uh, it just didn't work out and he ended up becoming a wrestler. And then at the end of the sketch, that's the reveal. And he's he's put on a headdress and now he's put on all the garb. And he goes, well, at least I get to keep my dignity. It was so funny. And it was um, really cool to see like Canadians on that big of a stage and in a huge auditorium. And you're like, wow, if they can do it, why not me? Mm. And uh, before we wrap up, just if you could go back and give your 13-year-old any advice, what would you tell them? I thought you were 13. Uh, don't stop wearing your retainer. Uh, <laughs> keep it on. Hey. If you, you'll take a break for six months and it won't fit. It won't you'd, fit you'd, anymore. You'd say it to the instrumental of don't stop believing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, because Glee was popping back then. So that's the only way I can relate to my younger self. Weird Alan. Don't stop. Where you're I think for me, younger self would just I'd tell him, uh you gotta learn to project. It's gonna be a lifelong struggle if you don't <laughs> <laughs> You mean like vocally project? Is that vocally project, yeah, because I was still now like I mumble like I I'm on the phone. I got the mic right in my face. People are like, I didn't hear what you said. I'm like, sorry, one more time. Let me repeat it. <laughs> so it's just yeah, like project, it's scary. Yes, people outside of your earshot will hear you but it doesn't matter. Like just be, be, be loud enough. <laughs> yeah. My advice is to project the other way, no matter what someone <laughs> says, it's like, no, that's about me. Don't listen to them. Just put your own story. It doesn't matter what they're saying. Don't listen. Talk with the, the only hear your own voice. Um, like no, um, I guess it would be uh, to put yourself out there. So it's similar to projecting. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Making mistakes, putting yourself out there. I think that because you can always like, I don't know, you learn from failure. And, you know, there's so many great ideas out there. And, and it's a shame that it's all locked away from like, you know, uncertainty and securities, you know, you know self-doubt and just kind of put yourself out there and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it would have to be something ominous, like don't get on that train. <laughs> That's it. Get out of there. That's what you learned. See how that changes my life. <laughs> Don't get on the train. <laughs> There's a man with a black hat. He's got an arm. You gotta stop him. He's gonna be the one that starts the machine uprising. <laughs> I was just thinking of like say something vague like um you know save the cheerleader save the world and it's like what yeah <laughs> i gotta go oh. i go and buy all the dvds <laughs> well gentlemen thank you so much for joining us on the show today uh, congrats again on the u.s launch of the show um if folks want to give you guys a follow on instagram where can they find you uh you can find the show at tall boys with a z is a show on any social media platform personally you can find me on twitter just search for tim blair i'll pop up you can search them for Gula. It's G eight U's L E A D on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can find me on Instagram, G U L, the number three and D. You can find me at Frank Owens, W I N S. It's like my name, but spelled wrong and pronounced wrong. <laughs> uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Vance Banzo on uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs>
Awesome. And everyone listening, you can find us on Instagram at MediaVillage.com. Head over to MediaVillage.com for all of our reviews, interviews, podcasts, and more. And don't miss the premiere of Tall Boys Wednesday, March 23rd at 10 p.m. Eastern on Fuse. I'm Juaniala, and you're listening to Multicultural TV Talk.